Good morning. It is a pleasure and an honor to be with you today and for this opportunity to study a portion of God's Word with you this morning. We're going to be continuing our series on the works of the flesh versus the fruits of the Spirit. And today we're going to be talking about the first fruit of love that we see in Galatians Galatians 5.22. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And so we're going to be talking about that today and asking the question, is love truly all we need? Because society has an obsession with love. We see it in love songs, romantic comedies. We see it in romance novels, which I think are all perfectly de uh, depicted there with, with Twilight. I think perfectly encapsulates all of those things. There's reality shows like The Bachelor, where love is the game and the prize. And of course, we have an entire day dedicated to the celebration of romantic love. So society will tell you that all we need is love, that love is all we need. And so I want to ask that question to us today. Is love all we need? And we're going to try to answer that question as we go through our study this morning. So first off, I want to look at what love is. And we get a wonderful black and white um, description of love in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. It tells us that love is patient. Love is not envious. Love is kind, truthful, supportive, trusting, hopeful, strong, and eternal. Love is not boastful, arrogant, rude, stubborn, irritable, resentful, or wicked. Now, Jerrica pointed this out to me as I was telling her about this study, that this is kind of one of my, my go-tos. I love a good black and white list that tells us exactly what we need to know. That love is all these things. Love is not these other things. And to simplify it even further, I want us to look at our study this morning through the lens of how love is selfless. Love is not selfish. If we look at love through those lenses, if something is selfish, then it's not love. If we're demonstrating these things, it's because of we want it for ourselves, that we're envious of what someone else has, or we're arrogant of what we may have. But that is not love. That is selfishness. But to show love, to truly show love, the kind that God has commanded us, we must be selfless, putting others' needs ahead of our own. Now, I want to examine love through that lens. If it is truly love, then it is selfless. And if it's not love, it is selfish. So when, when figuring out what love is, there's four things I want to look at this morning uh, to try to define love. And first of all, love is a command. In John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. But by this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. And this is his commandment in 1 John 3.23, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he has commanded us. So the kind of love that, that the world is obsessed with will tell you that love is a feeling. It's something we do when, just when we want to, when we have that emotion stirring us to show love. But the Bible tells us that that's not the case. It's not just a feeling that we do when we feel like it. It is a command. 
It's something that God has told us that we have to do in order to truly be living a Christian life. As Christians, love should be our calling card. We should be recognized by the world as Christians because we are showing love to this world. And that comes from following the command of love from God. How we, sh how we, how we fulfill that command is through obedience. And in 1 John chapter 5, verse 2 through 3, it says, by this, that we, by this we know that we, love, that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. The way that we, we show that we are obedient to, or the way that we follow this command of love is by being obedient to all of the commands of God. If we truly abide in his love, then we will uh, be obedient to his commandments. And the first commandment that we really need to be showing in our lives is that of love. And something that I think is really important to, to understand when talking about love and any commandment from God is that it's not selective. We don't get to pick and choose who we love or when we love or why we love. Because in 1 John chapter 4, verse 20-21, it says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from, from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. So we have a very clear command that we are supposed to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, sometimes uh, it should be uh, a lot easier to love our, our friends and our, and our family, but we got to take it even further with our acquaintances, or our brothers and sisters in Christ who we may not know that well. We still have to love them. And then it goes even one step further in Luke chapter 6, verse 35, where he says, but to love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be the sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. See, we gotta take a note from this command here that, that God is good to the evil and to the wicked. He shows love to them. He demonstrated that by sending his son to, to die on the cross for our sins while we were in sin, while we were wicked. He loved us so much that he would do that. How much more should we be willing to show love to, to our enemies today? And you know that can look like a wide variety of things. Something that, that kind of easily comes to mind is, is what's going on in the Middle East, where, where there is, is conflict and death and bloodshed. But our command is not to hate those people and not, and not harbor ill will for, what's, for those that are perpetrating that. We are to show love regardless of, of how we feel about something. And that includes loving our enemies who are trying to harm us. Second, when figuring out what love is, love is an action. In Romans chapter 12, verses 10 through 11, it says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit, and serve the Lord. I love this verse. <laughs> This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible because it almost turns love into a competition. It says to outdo each other in acts of love. And I love that mindset of if that's what it takes for someone to, to be willing to show love to your brothers and sisters in Christ, if it takes being competitive and making it a competition, then do it. Utilize that to motivate you to put love into action. And the way we do that is by 
performing good works. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, it says, But if anyone has the world's goods and sees, not, er, and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. The way that we put love into action is by doing something about it, by showing love to our brothers, sisters in Christ, or even to our enemies. And, and I like the, the last part of this verse. It really reminds me of another verse in the Bible. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You t tell me you love me, but I'm going to show you that I love you. And that's kind of the attitude that we need to have. We can't just have it in word, in word only, but in deed and in truth. Showing people we love them by performing acts of service. And I think that service is a very practical way that we can show love, especially to our brothers and sisters in Christ who we deal with on a, a daily or weekly basis. In Galatians 5, verse 13 and 14, it says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, works of the flesh like we've been talking about, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This goes back to, to the lens that we're supposed to be looking at our study this morning. If we're truly trying to practice love, practicing selflessness by serving others and by putting that love into action through works of service and not being selfish and, and wanting you know, people to dote on our needs and, and fulfill our desires, but to have that outward pouring of love by showing service to this world. Similarly to how the command, of, the command of love is exhibited through obedience, the act of love is exhibited through good works of service. Thirdly, love is a choice. In John chapter 15, verses 10 through 11, it says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. That if, that at the beginning, means that this is a conditional statement. We have to make this choice to start loving the world, to start loving, loving our neighbor, our brothers and sisters of Christ, to start loving our enemies. Because when we make that choice, that's when we can abide in his love, and our joy can be complete. You know, Brother Danny has talked a lot about the secret, the secret, the secret uh, to motivating yourself to make a positive change. And he's talked a lot about that, and he's, he said that, that loving God, or loving Jesus, is that secret. And I think that that is, is demonstrated in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. You know, this cycle has to start somewhere. If we let the love of Christ control us, then it will motivate us to continue in love. But we have to make that first choice that we're going to love Christ and that we're going to demonstrate that love. And then that will start the snowball that the love of God will then control us and motivate us further to continue in that love and continue in those good works. And fourth, I don't think any definition of love would be complete without uh, 1 John 4, because God is love. 
Chapter 4, verses 9 through 21 says, In this, the love of God has made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and love is perfected in us. So we have come to know and to believe that the love of God, what the love of God has for us. For God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as he, as he is, so also are we in this world. Therefore, there, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. I know that's kind of a lengthy reading, but I think every aspect of that verse is important for us to understand. That truly, the definition of love is God. God is love. And by understanding love, we can better understand God. I want to bring up this list that, that we mentioned before. Because looking at it, if God is love, then God is patient, kind, truthful, supportive, eternal. And I think we know that to be true. That God is all these things, therefore God is love. And so when we practice these things, when we try to demonstrate these things in our lives, we are trying to be closer with God and abide in his love because he is love. And he is not envious, boastful, arrogant, rude. He is selfless. He is not selfish. And he gave us that ultimate example. Now I want to talk about the kind of love that we need. We've talked about the love that we're supposed to demonstrate and what love is. But now I want to talk about the love that we need. And we need God's love. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 6, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. And, and raised us up with him and seated us with him on the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. And then probably one of, if not the most recognizable verses in the Bible, John 13, 6. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. We need God's love. We would have nothing without God's love. Because he sent his son to die on the cross as the ultimate act of, of love and action through, through service. And then, of course, ultimately, it came down to Christ. We needed him to love us because he had to choose to leave heaven, to be obedient to his father, and to die on that cross for our sins. Romans 5, verse 6 and verse 8. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, going back to what we talked about before about loving our enemies, we are God's enemies. We are. We are sinful creatures and we cannot abide with God in our sinful state. But because of his love for us, he sent his son and his son was obedient to that command and died on the cross for our sins. John 15, 13, greater love has no man than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. 
For by this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Jesus gave us that ultimate example of, of love in action through his selfless sacrifice on the cross. You know, he endured more pain and suffering in, in that time span than any of us could really possibly imagine. The, the pain that, that he bore on that cross. But that was an act of love. And greater love has no man to lay down his life for his friends. He loves us. We are his friend. And so he died for us. And so we need to put that same love into action in our lives. You know, hopefully that doesn't mean coming down to physically dying for somebody, but maybe it will. But if we're willing to do that, then aren't we willing to do the little things in this life that show love to our brothers and sisters in Christ, to reach out and show love to our enemies? That love needs to motivate us to be like Christ and to sacrifice our, our selfish desires, our lusts of the flesh, and to put into action the love, the selfless love of Christ. So in conclusion, to kind of summarize what we've talked about this morning, and in answering the question of, is love all we need? My answer to that this morning would be yes. That love is ultimately what we need. But it's not the, the lovey-dovey romantic love that the world is obsessed with. It is a commanded love that we must choose to obey by putting it into action through works, good works of service. And then, of course, we need the love that comes from God and is demonstrated by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. These are my thoughts this morning. If you want to go ahead and pick up your book and turn to the invitation song, we're going to offer an invitation at this time. If, if you need to, to abide in the love of Christ and you're not a part of that family and you need to come forward and, uh, and be baptized for the remission of sins, or if you've struggled with showing love to your neighbor and you need uh, prayers of the church for, for strength and for guidance, I want to leave you with one more verse this morning. Philippians 1, 9 through 10. And this, is, this is my prayer for the congregation today. That your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. If the church can assist you in any way, please come forward and sit on the front row as we stand and sing the song that's been selected.